the following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by National Fitness Training, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. That's me. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. And this week, Esquire joins us from some sunny locale somewhere, right? No, I wish I wish I was, but I am calling into the studio today. So, Does it affect the sweet, melodious sound of my voice? <laughs> You're sounding extra sweet. I'm not sure what it is. Is it the coffee you had? The sweetener? No, it's actually the, the sunshine that's out there in Toronto today. Because it's a lovely spring day, and we're slowly starting to slide out of that slippery slope of winter. Yes, and uh, I can't wait. Personally, I cannot wait. Yeah, so we're going to be losing the Leafs in about two weeks, and uh, they're down to the final kick of the camp. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about the numerology side, uh, profiling Joffrey Lupul, Jonathan Bernier, and James Reimer today on the show. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that with you and me in the studio. Cool. Well, stay tuned. Grab a beverage, a, preferably a cold one, because it is so hot outside. At least we're, we're saying it's hot, okay? You can believe it if you want to or not. Stay tuned. More Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo right after the break. Hi, it's Paul Capelcante, host of The Vinyl Experience, with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time, your times for the vinyl experience. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. 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 Mojo! Yeah, we stole that. Now, back to the show. Well, I will admit to this on air. I uh, I thought the leaf season was over. I, I saw somebody posting something after the game on uh, Saturday against the Senators, and uh, it, it, it appeared for all intents and purposes that the season was over, and I had nothing else to back it up. But apparently you're telling me there's more hockey yet in Toronto. Well, Tom, the funny thing about that is the season was really over in January. <laughs> so uh, this is just them riding the season out. And uh, it's been a really, really tough time. Now, here's something that you probably didn't know, but last night's game against the Minnesota Wild here at the Air Canada Centre was the first time that the Leafs did not sell out a game in 13 years. There was actually tickets at the box office. If you actually can believe that, you could actually walk down to the Air Canada Center, go to the box office and have a conversation with the lady and the nice lady behind the counter and say, I would like a ticket to the Air Canada Center Maple Leaf game tonight, and they wouldn't laugh at you. <laughs> and it was the lowest uh, attended game in the history of the Air Canada Centre, in the 16 years that they've been open for business, 
There's never been a lower total of people to actually come watch a hockey last night against the Minnesota Wild. So that will tell you something. And there are about a thousand people less than capacity. So they still packed in about 18,200 people. So w- what I'm hearing then is I'm hearing that the attendance is suffering. And and there was another interesting thing. The uh, the Leafs were not on CBC. They were actually on Sportsnet for the first time, I think, ever in their entire history. They were not on the CBC on a Saturday night. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think that there's other games that they can actually throw into the mix that are going to get much more scheduled you know, advertisers and audiences that are actually going to tune in because, you know, let's be honest, Brendan Shanahan spoke up on, I think it was January the 9th, and it was up the Air Canada Center that morning and heard him say, we're going to see what happens uh, now with the club. You know, the, the club is going to either sink or swim. Uh, and that was the day after they fired Randy Carlyle. So I think looking back in retrospect right now, we can all look and say, that Randy Carlisle had overachieved on every level on a broken platform, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs. He got the players to buy into a system. They were actually in a playoff spot. And as soon as they fired Randy Carlisle, then the illusion actually you know, dissipated where they could actually see what the Toronto Maple Leafs really truly were. And uh, not to, to, you know, to badmouth Peter Horacek because I think he's the right guy in the wrong spot. But I do think that the interim coach, Peter Horacek, has really seen the dynamic in the dressing room. Um, the player is not buying into a system, not being coachable or workable. And you've now seen the product, which has become the last two months of the Toronto Maple Leafs season. And it's been absolutely horrific on every level. So I don't know what their differences are between their coaching approaches, but... Uh, Carlisle obviously was able to, for all intents and purposes, it's the same team. I mean, there are a few different bodies in the room, but for all intents and purposes, it's the same core group that was there since the beginning of the year. And Carlisle, through whatever methods, was able to get more out of them. I don't know if he was putting more belief in them, if he was cracking the whip, whatever it is, but it was working. Yeah, and you hit the nail right on the head, Todd, because when it comes down to it, Randy Carlisle was able to get the offense going. Uh, this group of Leafs were not strangers to scoring goals. Very well adapted to scoring goals, to playing offense. Their hard issues to deal with at the time were the amount of shots they allowed on their goal as a sense of end and how many chances they gave up. If you look at the plus minuses of the top line between um, Phil Kessel, JVR, and Tyler Bozak, you're going to see that they're in the minus 30s right now. So they're not playing a whole lot of defense and they're the number one scoring line on the team, uh, and they're horrific. So what Horchick wanted to do is have them buy into a defensive system rather than having them score a lot of goals and hope Jonathan Bernier or James Reimer stands on their head every single night with 35-plus shots. And that was the theory that they had. And that just didn't work for the Toronto Maple Leafs post-Randy Carlisle. So we need to go back to a an offensive system with maybe a, a little bit more defense. But, I mean, I think, um, can we expect Reimer or Bernier to stand on their head every night? No, there's going to be the odd game in there where they're going to suck. But I think they're up to the challenge. I think I'd like to see Kessel and, and a few other guys potting a few more goals, putting the biscuit in the basket a bit more, and uh, you know, having a 5-4 game or a, a 6-5 loss. Cause, because I know, even if it's a 6-5 loss, we scored five goals. I don't remember the last time we scored five. You know, again, right away, like since Randy Carlyle was relieved of his duties as the coach of the Toronto Police, Peter Horchuk came in, 
Uh, the Leafs went on a road trip and they scored one goal in four games. So they got shut out three games of the four on the West Coast trip versus the uh, L.A. Kings, the San Jose Sharks, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, and then I believe it was the, uh, the St. Louis Blues. And they just stopped scoring goals. And their goal scoring right now, they have a record low uh, for goals in the month of January. They've never in the, in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs ever scored less amount of goals in games in February and January as they did this year. So, I mean, you're not going to... If you're not going to score a lot of goals, you're not going to win a lot of games. And there's only so much that your goalies can help you out with on that side. And that's really about getting back and retooling, using the draft, using the core group of the Marlies that have been brought up, and then keeping a core select few guys that you want to actually keep around on the ice and in the change room to uh, rebuild and retool, moving forward what Brendan Shanahan wants to look for right now. And I'm not sure if Dave Nonis is going to be part of that equation or not. There's a lot of rumors going around, but I will say that from my standpoint, being in the dressing room um, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't see Joffrey Lupul in the equation. I don't see Dion Phaneuf in the equation, and I don't see Phil Kessel in the equation moving forward. I think you're going to see a lot of retooling going on this summer that's really going to shock the Leafs nation. It's funny, I was watching uh, someone's feed on Facebook this morning, and they said that uh, uh, Kessel's a minus 35 right now, and then the next comment was, uh, that our beloved Borja Salming at one point was a minus 33, but at least he was trying. Yeah, and I think Borja Salming was probably playing in front of someone like Yuri Sira back then. You know, I mean, you look at the goaltending nowadays and the goaltending back then in the day, and yeah, sure, the Toronto Maple Leafs had some horrific teams back in the 70s and 80s. Um, but you know what? The funny thing is, the goaltending has really improved, and you can't peg this on Jonathan Bernier or James Reimer. This isn't a goaltending issue. This is a defensive issue uh, because at this level, world-class goaltending always comes up, not like it was back in the 70s and 80s. And on that note, there was an article in the newspaper uh, and on the CBC and Hockey Night in Canada that you could take the same exact headlines from 1970s, 1980s, 1990s tournament Leafs teams, and the exact same things could be true for present day. You could take an article written from 1975 or 1985 or 1995 or even 2005, and the exact same problems would exist with the Toronto Maple Leafs here in 2015. And that's not an accident. That's an absolute pattern that is perpetuated through Toronto Maple Leafs mentality. And unless they change that pattern, it's going to perpetuate because things in motion will always stay in motion. And I think that this summer we're going to actually get a good view of a retooling like that. We got a three, about three minutes left before we go to break, and I wanted to ask you. So, if they are, if the, if the goaltending, the goaltending's doing okay, but if the goal scoring drought is what we're talking about right now, and Horacek wanted them to put a focus on defense, is it just a case of the Leafs doing exactly what he wanted them to do and, and pay more attention to defense? Although there's been a lot of defensive gaps. I mean, even the game I was at, Fanuf looked like he was skating the other way again, away from the play. So I don't know. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of those gaps. I mean, as human beings, they make mistakes, as we all do. Uh, I'm sure that when we go to our job, we're not scrutinized every single day as well as every single calculated move that is on the ice is calculated for the Toronto Maple Leafs and their players, and they're reminded of their mistakes and their errors through videotape and coaching and media and scrutiny and all that. But what I will say is we just want an honest effort from these guys, and I don't think the guys in the media room right now are really enabling that energy to support those players. You know, I'm in the dressing room, 
And for the most part, they ask the same silly questions, they get the same silly you know, responses, and there's no support on that side. So I think there has to be a lot of shift from Leafs Nation being more supportive and more patient, because that's just going to work as opposed to, you know, scrutinizing the Leafs and, you know, throwing rocks at them, because that's just not going to work. And the players feel that energy. And happy workers are good workers. They're not a happy player. They're not going to go on the ice and do well. So, you know, I think we've got to start the dressing room with that point there and shift that mentality first before the, the play actually changes on the ice. Well, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, but being scrutinized. You're being scrutinized, like you said, by 19,000 people in the stands, media, uh, hockey experts around the world. I don't know about you, but when I had my last job, I had one supervisor, and that supervisor was not on my butt the whole time, following me around from task to task, you know, with a clipboard and yelling at me. There were times when I was trusted to go and just do my job, and if I made a mistake, I heard about it later, but I didn't hear about it from, you know, half a million people. Yeah, and welcome to the world of being a Toronto Maple Leaf. You know, that will never change. Anybody who wants to come play in Toronto understands that. I'm sure you'll have your Dave Bolins. You'll have your stories inside of Toronto, which will, uh, you know, David Clarkson, for example, will say coming back home to play in Toronto was a dream, and then three, four years later, they realized that that dream was a nightmare. So these things happen when you're a Toronto Maple Leaf. Well, it's funny, you know, because it's it's um, known throughout the world as the hockey mecca, and then, and I believe there's a... There's a sense of joy when somebody says, oh, you're traded to Toronto or Toronto's picked up your option or whatever. And, and there's also that, that, oh, my God, I'm going to be playing there and I'm going to be under the microscope. Much given, much is expected. And nothing in the hockey world, not even the Montreal Canadiens, can compete with the passion and the scrutiny that comes along with being a Toronto the, the fury of the fans. So after the break, uh, we've got uh, Yogi Akal back. And, uh, and who are we going to be talking about this week? Talking about Joffrey Lupul, and who's going to have an interesting summer this year. And we're going to talk about Jonathan Bernier, uh, the goalie, and also his backup, James Reimer, and the numbers and how they actually uh, are here to learn what they're here to learn and how the numbers actually say that. So very interesting findings. I'm really a big fan of Yogi Akal, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. And it's funny that you mentioned about, you know, the headlines from every, you know, decade being the same. And I think there's always been a goalie controversy in, in the Leafs. There's always been, you know, two hot goalies. And I don't remember when we had one standout. Maybe Balfour was probably the last guy that was our standout goalie. Yeah, or Curtis Joseph as well. And I think we've never had a really good one-two punch as well as we, as we do have with Johnson Bernier and James Reimer. The two good kids, they are good attitude in the dressing room. They're well-liked, uh, they do their job, they keep their mouth shut, and uh, they save the papers. Awesome. Uh, let's uh, get to it right after the break. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. We will be right back. Out of this world. Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind, on radio that doesn't suck. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. 
And we got our guest Yogi a call back again this week and on the second half of the show. So what we're actually going to do is we're going to tackle three new players on the numerology side for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And so see. It was interesting last week. Yeah. I cannot wait. Big, big, uh, big numbers on that. I didn't realize everyone was really into numerology. Good, good pun on the numbers. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> so we're going to start off this week and we're going to jump right into it. And we're going to go with Joffrey Lupel. Now, I want to be clear to the listeners right now that, uh, and I said this last week, but Yogi Akal has no idea what hockey is. He's the one Canadian who doesn't get hockey. So what we're actually following here is Joffrey Lupul, the person, not the hockey player. And you're actually going to speak as if you're talking to Joffrey Lupul. Mm. And we're going to actually find out he's born on September the 23rd, 1983. So what is the number and what does it represent? Well, Joffrey, you, you have uh, plus and minus in your life. It's very simple. When things are going well, something always happens that messes it up. There's never anything straightforward in your life. That's the nature of it. And that'll continue for quite a while. There will come a time in your life where there's nice equilibrium, but you're not there yet. And it's not necessary at this time. You are, you are a teaching figure in the world. Now, a teaching figure can be done in many ways. You can lecture, <laughs> you can do photography and show it off to people. But in your way, it'll be more of an example. And that'll happen more as you age. The question is, can you make it to be aged? The answer to that is maybe. You need to be careful with anything that takes you away from consciousness. In other words, drugs, alcohol, or anything else that anybody else might give you that might take you away from being, well, conscious. The moment you lose that, the moment you get in a car, a truck, a boat, an automobile, and you're not fully aware of what you're doing, uh, you, you know, you're just making a mess. I don't know you. I don't know what you do. I mean, no offense to you if none of that's happening, but please be careful with that. It doesn't work well for you. Now, here's the beautiful part about your life. You are, by nature, spiritually oriented. Now, everybody is spiritual. Make no, no mistake about that. Everybody is. But you have a particular bent in that direction. And when it's moving smoothly, it's a very kind of healing quality when people are around you and you're in a positive state. People actually feel better just being near you. When you're negative, there's conflict everywhere. So let's keep the negativity down. You are this year in a position where you are, well, blessed. This is a year where you, you, are, where you have what is best for you. I, I, whatever happens this year must happen. There are very few times in life where that's the case. Usually anything can be changed. That's the whole beauty of life is that it's open for change. But there are times when it's really not. And the point of that is that you can change your behavior, not what's happening to you. So whatever happens this year must happen. It's all the way you deal with it. And the way you deal with it has to be light. Because when it gets too heavy, you lose your sense of direction. You lose that intuitive touch that you have. And let's face it, 50% of the time, it's, you're a genius. You know exactly what's happening when you walk in a room. You can see the whole thing. 50% of the time, you don't even know where you are. So you want to shift that gears a little bit in this so that your intelligence overrides everything else. And you'd say that more by awareness for Joffrey in, the, in this path of this year. Well, in this year, <laughs> stay away from 
drug, sex, and rock and roll. That's the only thing I can say. Uh, I can't <laughs> that's say like a death sentence for life. Are you kidding me? Like, Gilgi, stop the presses. Hang on a second. Trip me now. What you're saying is why, why would you want to live without that? Like, isn't that with the, the panache? Well, this is the thing. I mean, these guys get paid a lot of money and they yep. adopt a certain lifestyle. Yeah. And it takes them away from their core path. Well, you know, there are times when you have to be mature. And if you... You know, there's a little bit of sacrifice necessary in life, and no one understands this better than Joffrey. He knows what that is and knows how to do it. I'm not saying to give up everything. I'm saying don't get in a car drunk. You won't survive. You might survive nine times on nine times on the tenth time you're gone. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Hmm. Well, Joffrey, if you're listening, we're going to actually throw that onto you and let you... Put it in your pipe and smoke it. Well, actually, we got to stay away from that, apparently. So, <laughs> Not while you're driving. No, not while you're driving. So we're going to move on to Jonathan Bernier. So Jonathan Bernier is the, the current uh, number one goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's born on August the 7th, 1988. So let's talk to Jonathan. This is so numerologically interesting. Jonathan, you have what's called two lives in one. You'll probably know what that means instinctively, but what it means for those listening it could mean one of two possibilities. Either your life is divided into two parts and they're almost unrecognizable. You live one part and then something happens and you live another part and they're just not connected at all. Or it's like you're living two at the same time and you go through life kind of in a parallel universe. You're, you're doing one thing, but at the same time you're always doing something else. I suspect it's the latter. I suspect this parallel thing is what your world is. And you will probably recognize that immediately, and people around you will be going, well, that explains why sometimes he's like this and other times he's like that. It's actually kind of a cool experience to have and a very fortunate experience to have. And I would encourage you as much as possible to stay within the confines of the sport that you're in. You know, you, you may be invited away from it. It's not a good idea. You know, for, for you... Uh, there'll be a lot of changes in 2015. Everybody wants to give you an opportunity away from what you're doing, and you have to be very, very careful what you choose. You may think other people are making choices for you. They're not. All the choices belong to you, 100%. And you're going to want to jump ship all over the place. Oh, something better, something better, something better. But the fact is, making change will make you unhappy. It will work, but you won't be happy. So you have to think through things very, very carefully and make your decisions very, very carefully. Get advice, think it through, take a day, sleep on it. Here's one of the beautiful parts about you. You have the kind of mind that is the, the model of patience. When someone asks you a question, you need a day to think about it. You need a day to process it. And you will always come back with the right answer given a day. Given less than a day, I'm not sure if you've got it together. But one day, and you will always know what's right. The answer is always what's best, not just what's best for you. Such a uh, powerful, powerful, instinctual figure. You're the type of person who you could bury him in a sand somewhere and you just keep growing no matter what happens. You, no one can get you down. You're always moving forward, always, no matter what the situation. It's a very positive type of life. I would uh, use this person more on the team. I don't know what he does, but I'd put him there. <laughs> I don't know. He's the number one goalie for the Toronto Police right now. Well, that's that's a good place to be for the time being. They're going to want to. Somebody's going to want him somewhere else. Don't move. So the third guy we actually have is is he also he's the backup goalie right now. Mm -hmm. uh, he's James Reimer. He just had his birthday. 
last week. So he was born on March 15th, 1988. One of the nicest figures, and, and I know that you tell me not to tell you much about the figure because you don't want to <laughs> know. Don't tell me anything. And, and we're clear on that as well, but I really like James Reimer as a person, as a human being. He's a good aura. Yeah, he's got a good aura as well, well. so I'm really interested in Here's hearing. an example of why I say don't tell me anything. Because you say he's a really nice guy, but I read something else. Oh. Not that he's not a nice guy, but that he has, and I'm going to say this delicately because he's not sitting here in front of me, and this is, I don't want to be indiscreet, but he has downtime. That's the only way that I can put that. Uh, James, you know what this is. You know that sometimes the lights go out, and then you have this sense of things not being right. And you're not sure what that is, and you try to fill that up with something that is... Um, uh, evangelical but the reality is your life is meant to be of public service it's who you are no matter where you go on this planet people are going to want you to step up and do something for the better good so the fact that you're playing hockey is just one step in that process it's not your destiny I don't like to use that word it's a little cliche, but it's not your destiny. <laughs> it's just one step on your path of life. And that's a beautiful life that you have. There will be some problems along the way, but you're not going to get torn down by them. Here's something you should be looking out for this year, though. You have empathy this year. You, un you have a little extra sensitivity around the people close to you. Be careful with that, because empathy has great value. It gives you a, a lot of compassion, a lot of instinct, a lot of intuitive leadership quality, but it can also be distracting. So you have to balance that in your life. This is, uh, I would agree with you, uh, a good person, but good's not enough. There has to be an inner discipline, a mental discipline. You are allergic to negativity. I'll give you an example. Joffrey, not allergic to negativity, just allergic to sensitivity. <laughs> People who aren't sensitive, he has no patience for them. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan's not allergic to negativity. He's allergic to people not paying attention to him. But James is a different story. This is an allergy to negativity. You shouldn't be around it. You should walk away from it. It doesn't make you stronger. And definitely keep it away from the inside of your brain. Wow. You know, um, one thing that you don't know is last year James Reimer was running down the playoff stretch and the Leafs lost nine or ten in a row to take themselves out of a playoff spot. And he was cyberbullied by Toronto fans mm -hmm. of negativity and bombarding of mm -hmm. negativity. Uh, they took, because he's not on Twitter, they took to his wife, April Reimer, uh, who is now a spokesperson for a charity called Tweet Suite. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've actually done the exact antithesis of cyberbullying by creating awareness for people to tweet sweet whenever mm -hmm. they go on Twitter or say something. So mm -hmm. James Reimer is a, is a strong personality who has taken that on his shoulders and passed that on, but I believe exactly what you said about the negativity. I would also say that it's important sometimes to have experiences so that you don't repeat them. You know, if somebody is cruel to you, it may be a lesson in life not to be cruel to others, and that would be a good thing for him to learn. He may be a nice guy, but he has that that extra bone in his body that could turn in a second. So I would encourage you to use this lesson and make it a permanent part of your life. Remember, this is just a step on the way to a longer life. 
I find it intriguing that you mentioned that he feels his life is, is meant in service. And we touched upon that when we interviewed him, where he has a charity called Ramona's Reach, where he is working actively in Africa to to work with people that need the help. So I, it's incredible how that came out. Yeah, and I think you, you could look at James Reimer and say he follows the algorithm yeah. as the numerology opens up for us. And we have the ability to, I like how the, you didn't use the word destiny, but you have the ability to, to work with the tools that you have in your life by making positive choices. Mm-hmm. And the numerology is a great focus and idea of where to go and then how to have the awareness once you're there to make those choices. And again, you know, the last time we spoke, we were talking about the, the team itself, the life of a team. So when the audience, the, the spectators, the, the world is watching and they're taking it out on James, they're really, they're really participating in the life of the team because a team is not made up of its members. It's made up of all the life around it. That includes the audience. That includes me. It's an entire life form, just like an ocean. And we'll talk more about that next time. And that describes Leafs Nation to a T, and we're going to talk more about that next week on Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo with my guest, Yogi Akal. You can get him on Twitter at Yogi Akal, A-K-A-L, and you can find him on YouTube as well. And uh, Yogi, I want to thanks for coming in the studio again today. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you next Tuesday at 8 p.m. on Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio and find us anytime on Stitcher Radio or iTunes Podcast. Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his infinite world of mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radiothatdoesnsuck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155.